Uh, we're glad you're here this morning. Y'all doing okay? It's good to see you guys. I'll be honest with you. you typically speaking, this like week after Christmas is kind of down, and this is not down. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I really am. That's pretty awesome. So uh, it says a lot, I think, about what's happening here. Uh, so, but uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, let me, uh, let me kind of make mention of something before we get into this. Uh, we have got a reading plan uh, that we're uh, going to be offering for people. We'll probably, we'll probably put something on the Facebook page about it. Ben will be talking about it at the end of the service, I'm sure. Uh, and it's one that he actually found for us uh, in just trying to kind of think through, uh, you know, how we could encourage people to be in God's Word more. And I think with a lot of the reading plans, a lot of people uh, get overwhelmed with the with some of the like going to read the whole Bible in the in a year kind of thing. And so uh, this is a plan that would have you read through uh, the whole New Testament uh, in the year, uh, along with uh, all the Psalms and Proverbs. And so. Um, you know, it, it's it really, we're just, tr- we're, we're looking for ways to try to encourage people that have never read, uh, have never been in God's Word on a regular basis and that kind of thing. We, we want to help people, uh, you know, learn, learn to love it. Uh, I mean, it, it'll change your life. Uh, you know, just spending time with Jesus. I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, and, and, and here's something to think about. Uh, I'm so grateful. I have a group of men that I, I meet with on Tuesday nights um, and we push each other to read through just even a, just one chapter of Scripture a week. Uh, and then we get together and we talk about that chapter of Scripture. We, uh, we pray for each other. We check on each other. Uh, we, we tell jokes. We, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, one, of, one, of the, uh, one of the wives calls, calls our time together party at the pastor's house. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it is. Uh, and and sometimes and sometimes we have to go eat hot chicken. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's all the things. <clears throat> listen, listen. Everybody's worried about this, and I've had everybody and their uncle tag me in it. Like you probably too. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm a believer that God is still sovereign over all things, and that He will return to us what is once known as great to be even greater, if that's possible, in the Prince's hot chicken. So fear not. Um, yeah, there's another one. We know it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> testify, brother. Come on. Uh, and so <laughs> we've I, we've kept trying it. We've been hoping, uh, you know. But uh, anyway, no, uh, we uh, yeah. So if you're listening to the podcast like five years from now and you have no idea what's going on, our favorite hot chicken shack burned down this past week because somebody drove a car into it or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so yeah. Uh, but no, I, I bring all that up just to say, um, it, for me personally, okay, for me personally, and you say, Chris, you're a pastor, you must, you must read the Bible all the time. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I struggle like everybody else does. I'm busy like everybody else is. We've all got things going on. We've got families, we've got jobs, we've got all this stuff. And you know, well, your job is, you know, well, to some degree, yes. But, you know, you know of course, preachers only work on Sunday, you know, but... Uh, the, you know, the, you know, but the, you know, during the rest of the week, you know, we're fighting, you know, for time to do that, spend time with the Lord. Uh, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, even for a pastor, one of the, one of the things that is a struggle sometimes is, uh, are you, stu- are you studying to spend time with the Lord? Or are you studying for Sunday? Uh, and, and, and honestly, I think for uh, what I've learned over the years for me personally as a pastor is, is it, it, it needs to be one and the same. It, I, I've, I've not been able to really separate those things so much. But there are moments that I am just getting to just, you know, just 
experience God for who he is because I'm in his word. Uh, and I'm thankful to the I'm saying what I'm saying through all this is uh, I'm thankful to the guys in my life that helped push me toward that, uh, you know, outside of the other things that I'm, you know, I'm always working on and studying as a pastor. So, uh, you know, here, here's the truth. Uh, you know, we want, we want to be, we want to be some of the things Nathan was talking about. We want to be led by the Lord. We got to listen to him. How do we listen to him if we're not in his word? That's, that's, that's where we hear from him. That's, that's where he's going to lead us. That's where he's going uh, to mold us and shape us and convict our hearts toward things uh, that are for him. Uh, and so we're kind of talking about that today, so that's all kind of fitting. But uh, uh, I just bring all that up to say we do have a plan and uh, that uh, if, you, if it helps you, then great. And, you know, I hope you, hope you can use it and uh, it'll be, be a good thing. So, yeah, uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, and they will gladly bring you one. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to have it considered a gift, uh, and we're going to the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, kind of wanted to just do kind of an off-week thing here, uh, not go back to Mark right away, um, you know, and, and we'll, be, we'll be studying through some other stuff in the new year. Talking about a bunch of stuff in the new year, there's a whole lot of stuff coming up. I mean, and it, it's coming fast, and so uh, let, me, let me ask you uh, for something, if you don't mind. Be in prayer. Be in prayer for our church. Be in prayer in how God is leading us uh, to do whatever it is that he's leading us to do. Uh, be in prayer over all that stuff uh, in this coming year. There's a lot of stuff on our plate uh, as a church. And, and when I say as a church, please know that when I say as a church, I mean all of us together. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't ever say as the church we have things going on and I'm thinking of like just the staff or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, yeah, there's decision making and some of that kind of stuff to be made, but uh, I mean, when I say the church, I'm talking about all of us together. So be praying for all of us as a body uh, as we're moving forward on some things in this new year, That uh, some exciting stuff, some really exciting stuff, but some big stuff, and some, some big stuff to pray through, and I want to make sure that the Lord is leading us through that. Uh, I think that's uh, super important. So, um, so this morning, um, you, know, we're, we're, you know, we are embarking on uh, a new year here in, the next, uh, here in the next 48 hours or so. And, uh, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about, one of the things I wanted us to be thinking about was how, you know, what, what's this new year going to be like? I mean, I, I see, you see people post all the time, like, you know, some crazy meme of like, you know, here's, here's what 2018 did to me, you know, to be like getting body slammed or something, I don't know. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, despite all that stuff and the thought of all that kind of stuff, I thought, I thought it was worthwhile for us to think about, like, what's it look like for us to go into a year saying, God, I want you to lead me this year? I mean, kind of what I just said, hey, let's pray for this together as a church, for all of us together as a body. But what's it look like for us to pray for that for ourselves? What's it look like for us to pray and say, God, I want you to lead me in 2019. 2019, I want to be a year that I can look back on in my life and say, in that year, God led me, led, the, led my church, led us to do things for his kingdom. And, and, and here's the truth, and we know this, but we got to be reminded of it from time to time, and it's this, that if we're not intentional about certain things, well, then we'll just, we'll say, oh, yeah, I want to do that, but, you know, if we're not intentional with making it a priority or making it important, then, then we won't do it. So, I mean, even such a thing as, like, you know, I'm going to study Scripture in 2019 or whatever it is, uh, you know, it, it, we have to, we have to prioritize. We have to, like, literally sit down and really think, what, what's going to be different? What's going to change next week from three weeks ago? 
How's next week going to be any different if there's no change on our part? Uh, you know, and, and I, think, I think it does start with us seeking the Lord. I really do. You know, we talk a whole lot, uh, at least I think we do, and I hope, I hope that it makes sense when we talk about it. We talk a whole lot about what it means to glorify God. And we talk a whole lot about glorifying God with, with our lives. And, and so this morning, I, I wanted us to end a year and start a year with talking about glorifying God with all things and in all things. And so uh, this morning, I wanted, to, I wanted to share this passage with you, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we have Paul in this passage talking to the church at Corinth, and he's sharing with this church uh, things that you know are heavy on his heart, and this is coming off a couple of chapters. So this may be something you want to go back and study on, and uh, you know, kind of think about or whatever. But back in the couple of chapters before uh, this, leading up to this particular passage, uh, we see uh, this this like talk about like things that you can eat, you know. Um, and so in this in this conversation is like what's okay to eat. You know, what kind of meats can you eat? Now, you got to, again, we got to go back to, you know, like this understanding and, uh, you know, back 2,000 years ago when this was like such a huge deal of like, well, you can't eat that and you can't eat this and this is clean and that's unclean and, you know, all these things. And so this is this constant conversation and especially at that moment in time, like people that were still like holding fast to the law you know, they're like, you know, what, you know, you can't eat, you know, hooved animals and all this, you know, kind of stuff and all these different things, you know, and this, you know, no bacon, basically, okay? Uh, Jesus freed us from that, by the way. There, we, you know, we, we, we're, we're good. Hallelujah, that's right. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, and so, and so uh, you know, but, but this idea, but there's a whole lot of people that were really struggling with this. And, and, it, and it was becoming an issue. Like, it was becoming an issue where it was dividing people. I mean, uh, pick your... Pick your classic thing uh, in the church or something over the last, you know, um, century or something. I don't know. Uh, like, you know, oh, you know, can we use instruments or can we use a, a piano or an organ? I remember <laughs> being uh, at a church growing up where we, we, switched, we switched from like a real piano to a keyboard that sounded like a piano and some people getting upset, you know, and they're like, oh, this is how it starts right here. You know, they're going to start, they're going to start introducing, you know, stuff. And then, you know, sure enough, you know, next thing you know, it's like three weeks later, it sounds like Mr. Mister up there or whatever. But, uh, you know, I was okay with that. Uh, you know, but, you know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. You know, what's the color of the carpet going to be? And, you know, all these kinds of things that are not important. And, uh, you know, but we make them an important thing. And, of course, the people of God at that point in time, I mean, they were, they were just trying to, to, in their minds, they were holding fast to what they felt like they were supposed to do and understood to be God's word. And, and, and they didn't really understand at this point, you know, hey, Jesus freed us to eat bacon, you know, and they, they never had bacon either. So you got you to think, man, what were they missing out on? Uh, and so, um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, this amazing thing happens where Paul helps to kind of set the stage and to kind of look at this whole situation in, in eyes that I think are important for us to look at for, for things right now. I think that we still tend to, at times, draw lines in the sand and say, well, you know, you're, you know, you're doing that, you're doing this, and, and I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And I think we've got to be careful with things like that. We, we, we as believers, we can't, 
can't be saying I'm not going to have anything to do with you. That's not who God's called us to be in this world. Yeah, I'm not saying we got to adopt what other people believe or, you know, uh, start practicing something that we know that, you know, is ungodly or something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about that we would still be light. And we've spent, we've spent weeks on end talking about, you know, Christ came to be the light of the world and that he's called us and given us that light that we too would be light in the world. And so in this passage, I see this challenge for us of what it looks like for us to maneuver and navigate some of these situations that we have in life. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. It says this. It says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. You know, that's that, that's that uh, you know, well, it's okay for me to do it, you know, kind of mindset like, you know, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. Okay, well, is, is it helpful? It's not about sometimes whether it's right and it's okay, you know, if you're, oh, well, I'm not in sin doing this, but is it helpful? He says all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Build up. I mean, that's, that's, that's two words right there that, like, we want as a part of our life and the truth is, is God has called us to be a part of those two words in the lives of others. Uh, and I think, truly, I think it's easy to, to see in the body of Christ as a part of the church as well, that we would be a part of building up. In verse 24, it says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I mean, right there is a verse for us, isn't it? Right there is a verse for us. Let, let me ask you a question. What does your neighbor need? What would be good for your neighbor? I think for a lot of us, if we're honest, we'd say, Chris, I'm not real sure what my neighbor needs. I'm not real sure what would be good for my neighbor. And, and the truth is, and let's face it, we're all guilty of this. It's not, I'm not pointing fingers this morning. If I'm pointing fingers, I'm pointing them at me is that we are real good at knowing what we need and what would be good for us. Because that's, that's the easy, you know, that's the, that's the right in front of our face thing. Is like, what do I need right now? What's my family need right now? What, you know, what, what would be good for us right now? Paul is bringing something to the table here that I think is a super great thing for us to be thinking about, especially as we're going into a new year, that we would be praying and thinking about What's it look like for our lives to make a difference in the life of others? And I think for so many people, they hear statements like that and they're like, well, Chris, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I'm really called to like lead some great ministry or something like that. How, how, about, how about we simplify that? How about we simplify that to like the ministry across our driveway? How about we simplify that to the ministry uh, across the room to another cubicle? How about we simplify that to the ministry to the people that are sitting next to us in the desks at school? Like, what, what's that look like? What's, what's that neighbor look like? Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. So that means, that means that we know our neighbor. That means that we know those people. That means that we you know, and, and you might say, Chris, let me just tell you what, people that God's put in my life is of special 
group of people, okay? And they're all nuts, all right? Now, by the way, if they're all nuts, watch out, because maybe it's you, okay? I'm just saying, all right? And, and, but I, 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 know what, I know what you're thinking. You're like, you know, Chris, my coworkers, they're nuts. You know, I, I just, you know. Or, you know, maybe you're going, Chris, I don't think you realize, like, how dirty my hands would have to get for me to try to help those types of people in my life. Let me ask you a question. Who do you think God has put in their life to be light? Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. I mean, it's so simple, it's right in front of our face. So simple, it's right in front of our face. Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. Verse 25, he goes, he goes, he starts talking about the eating, okay? He says, eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth's is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. Let me kind of talk about this for just a minute. Because you're probably like, I don't really know what's going on. Because again, going back, uh, all the you know, a good little bit of reading before this leads up to this moment of Paul talking about this in the last couple chapters. So um, there was there was widely again widely this, un- this belief and understanding. Still, a lot of people were still, you know, concerned about what they could eat biblically, what's right and what's wrong to eat, and some of those kinds of things. And then thrown in there in the mix of that, if you didn't notice. There's also like this little piece of like, well, what about uh, things that have been part of a sacrifice? Uh, So yeah, verse 28, but if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you. So here's what Paul is trying to help us to see. He's saying, first of all, if an unbeliever invites you to their house and fixes you food and it wasn't on the menu in the Old Testament, then you should still eat it. Because they're an unbeliever, and this is a chance to build a relationship with them and minister to them and grow together as neighbors. And then secondly, he's talking about, you know, well, what if someone says, hey, don't eat that food. That food was part of a sacrifice. So this is literally like the thought of like, you know, well, they sacrificed, you know, the cow or whatever, because it probably wasn't bacon, unfortunately, for them, Uh, you know, but... They did that, and then they got food from the actual sacrifice. Like they were, they turned the sacrifice into like a barbecue. Okay, now I'm not sure how all that worked. You know, I'm just imagining like all the, you know, because I know what it's like when we all like get together and barbecue and stuff. And it's like, did they like have worship service and like, all right, it's potluck, you know, or whatever. I don't know, uh, you know. But but it was it again. This was a huge no-no. Like you didn't do that, and and so. Uh, you know, the, the thing here in this situation is Paul saying, look, so if someone informs you that that's part of a sacrifice and you shouldn't eat it, then don't eat it. He's not saying it's wrong to eat it. He's saying do what ministers to that person in that moment. You see what I'm saying? So he's saying, go either way. Quit holding fast to this stuff that doesn't matter. Like, be ready to, uh, you know, enjoy a meal with your neighbor 
or, if, or you know, that invites you, that's, you're eating something that, you know, Old Testament would have said no, I'm saying yes, it's okay. Jesus has said yes, it's okay. Secondly, if someone who is concerned about you eating something that's been part of a sacrifice, then don't eat it on their account. So that, again, you're building a relationship with them, and you're not making some great stand. You're just saying, okay, I'm going to abstain because I, I don't want to mess up what's going on in our relationship right now. I don't want to offend you with that, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to abstain just because. I see this all the time, you know, with, especially with, like, alcohol. There's nothing wrong with having a drink of alcohol. But I know lots of people who really struggle with alcohol. And so, you know, I see, and, and, and I think this is awesome, I see other believers around them abstain from alcohol at times when they're in the mix because they don't want them to have to see that, be around that, so to speak. They know that that's an uncom- uncomfortable situation. They know that that's been a struggle for them in the past. Paul is trying to help us to accomplish something. I want to remind us of verse 24. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Verse 29, it says, I do not mean your conscience, but his. You see that? Paul is saying, I'm not saying, you know, follow your conscience. I'm saying, be conscious of what his is. Have an understanding of where they are. Don't mess up your opportunity to be a witness to them, to build a relationship with them. And it goes on, he says, For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. For whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. You couple that with let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor, and you can real quickly put together a mission statement for your life in 2019. Or if you're listening to this five years later and 2000, whatever. God wants to use us in the lives of others. He didn't just set us about being robots. He's given us opportunity to enjoy the relationships that we get to have with others. Man, aren't we, aren't we just too busy? I mean, I know that goes without saying, but aren't we just too busy I mean, I have, I have, one of the things that I have realized this year is that we're too busy, like we're too busy to the point that I'm missing getting to break bread with my friends. I'm missing getting to see people that I love and care about that in the past, you know, we made time for. And it was important to us. And I, I want that to change. I don't want to be too busy. But again, it takes... It takes prioritizing. It takes saying, you know what, we're going to change that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put friends on the schedule. We're going to invite neighbors over. We're going we're gonna to break bread with people. We're going we're gonna, to you know, see what they want to eat for dinner. And we're going to eat what they want to eat, you know, or whatever it is. 
So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Verse 32, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. So this is, he's backing up basically what he's just said. He's like, look, whatever situation you get in when you, you're being presented something to eat, just eat, you know, unless it's going to offend, and then don't eat, you know. And this, this goes back to, we see Paul in other parts of Scripture saying things like, you know, I, I want to be all things to all people that I might save some. You know that passage? Verse 33, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that as many that they may be saved. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Paul has an end game. Paul's end game is he desperately longs to see people know Jesus. He desperately longs to see people know Jesus. Do we, do we desire that? Is that something in our lives today that we spend time thinking about? Who, who, here's a question. Who are we praying for? Who are we praying for? You know, that, that neighbor category that we were talking about earlier. And, and, and let me just say, I think for us, neighbors are anybody that God puts to be a part of our lives and in any way, shape, or form. Maybe people we work with, maybe be, uh, you know, people that we go to church with, might be people we live next door to, uh, might be people we go to school with. Uh, they're, they're neighbors, okay? They're neighbors. They're the people that God's put in our lives. Our family members at times are our neighbors. And I think for us, a question worthy of us going into a new year and in, in thinking about what's it look like for us to glorify God with all of our lives is what are we doing? How are we leading others to Jesus? Do we long to see those people know Jesus? Are we praying for them? Are we praying for them? Because like, here's, here's, here, I think that's where it starts. I think it starts with us praying for them. And maybe as, as you're sitting here right now and you're, and you're listening to this right now, maybe God's putting people, different people's faces on your mind right now that, that you could go, you know, if we were having a conversation one-on-one -on -one that you could say today, Chris, I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, there's this person and this person that I know don't know the Lord. And then there's, you know, then there's this person over here that I know doesn't know the Lord and God's put them on my heart, but Chris, I hardly even see them. We don't, maybe, maybe, maybe we should change that right there. I've got, I've got a couple of those people in my life right now that God's put on my heart, and I'm hardly ever seeing them. And I don't think that's good. Because how am I supposed to be light into their life on the behalf of my Savior if I never see them? And so it makes it important to go do things like eat hot chicken. It makes it important that we would prioritize, I'm going to make time for that person, and we're going to spend at some moment, part of life together, even if it's brief, even if it's just having them over, even if it's just having a meal, even if it's just getting to drink some coffee. Verse 33, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but 
that of many that they may be saved. Paul is saying, I am laying down my rights. Not seeking my own advantage. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the name of the game right there, right? What's my advantage in this? Like, what's my next move in the game? I mean, that's, that's, how we, that's how we view life. I mean, I mean, we may say we're not trying to do that, but the truth is that we struggle to not do that. Like with every moment. I mean, the other night, you know, we had a friend in town, and uh, Aaron and, and the kids, they were loading up, and I kind of had a long day or whatever, and uh, uh, I had to take somebody home to Springfield and was, you know, kind of up in the air if I was going to go meet them or not. And I get... I get to where I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I've dropped that person off, and, and there's one thing on my mind. There's only one thing that I felt like would be to my advantage. And, and it was like 6, 7 o'clock at night, and it was a nap. Erin calls me, she's like, hey honey, what are you, what are you wanting to do? Are you going to meet us out here to go eat dinner and all this? I was like, I don't think I am. I think I'm going to go home and take a nap. There's nothing wrong with taking a nap. But the truth is, is that if we're not careful, we always seek our advantage. We always seek what we want. We always are thinking about, well, if I do this for that person, that will position things where maybe they will do something for me. And Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Make it, make it about Jesus. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. That they may be saved. That's Paul's interest here. He's like, you know what? I got rights. Yeah, sure, there's things that I could do. That there's, It's fine to do them. It's not... It's not against the law to do them. But what's he say at the beginning of the passage? He's like, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And he's, and he's saying, you know what? What if we make it about what they need instead of what, we, what is okay for us to do and making it all about us and seeking our own advantage? What about them and their salvation? And then he goes on in chapter 11. We're just going to read this one verse out of chapter 11, very short. And he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. We'll leave that up there. Because I think, I think that's one of those passages that a lot of times, you know, we look at it and we're like, okay, well, that's because that's Paul and it was biblical times, you know, and we don't have people that we can imitate today. Folks, I, 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 think, I think that's a mistake for us. I think we're missing where this leads. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. If we are imitating Christ, we are being light to the world, and in turn, we become people that can be imitated as Christ. Case in point. Verse 24, let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. So all those people in the neighbor category could see us being light 
to them if we put their needs first, if we put what they need as a priority in our life. Now, what would it say to your random neighbor or the person that God's put on your heart for you just to call them today and say, hey, God's put, me, God's put you on my heart. Is there anything that you need right now? Is there anything I can do for you? What would that say to them? We need to have more phone calls like that. Maybe even walking, literally walking, knocking on the door. And you go, Chris, well, the person that's on my heart, they live like, you know, 20 minutes away. All right? Is your car broke? You need a ride? Because one of us will give you a ride. If you feel God leading you to go knock on their door and say, hey, I just wanted to come by and see if you needed anything. Are you okay? What would that mean to them? You see, you, and... and, and I know where some people are right now. Some people right in this moment are saying to themselves, Chris, that's me. I need somebody to come to my house and knock on my door and say, how are you doing right now? And I'm saying that Satan is playing with your head because you've been bought by the blood of that guy that we would be imitators of him and that we would be light. And Satan wants to use all of those things against us. I'm not doubting that he might not be in a bad place. I'm just saying maybe God wants to use serving others to bring you out of it. How about that? What's that look like? Jesus knows all about being in a bad place. There's no bad place that he doesn't know. There's no bad place that he doesn't know. We turned our backs on him. His father let him die on our behalf. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to be beaten. He knows what it's like to be killed. Why? That we might have life. And that we might know it and have it abundantly. That's not that life that we cling to of Woe is me, is it? That's not the life Jesus wants. He doesn't want to have a woe is me life. He said abundantly. Have life and have it abundantly. I mean, what is that? That's, that's an exciting life. That's something that God wants for us to get to experience. And it comes through experiencing Him. And I truly believe that a part of experiencing Him is serving others. What do those neighbors need? Are we like those people in the church of Corinth where Paul was having to address some issues and say, hey, you guys are being all about the tradition and you're so worried about what you're eating that it's messing up some of your relationships here and the truth is, is you got to quit worrying about that stuff and just look at the person that you're eating with and say, what do they need right now? Do they need me to eat this or will it hinder our time together? We do the same thing with traditions now. And we just have to be careful with it. Colossians 3, check this out. Colossians 3, verse 23 says this. Paul again to the church at Colossae. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance As your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. 
Paul gives us another nugget of understanding what it looks like for us to glorify God in all that we do. Work is one of those things. Work is a thing that we can glorify God in. And you may be sitting here and go, Chris, you don't know what my job is. Like my job's the worst job on the planet. Or Chris, I hate my job and it's supposed to be a good job, but I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't think it's a good job. <laughs> you know? Let us be challenged with Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. I really wish Paul had also said, and not for money. So I think that's really his heart in this, is that he's saying, whatever you do, don't do it. Don't do it for you. Don't do it for the person you're working for. Do it for the Lord. May he be glorified in the kind of workers that we are. May he be glorified in the kind of work that we do. May he be glorified in the work ethics in which we practice in how we do business. Business is hard. I happen to own one or two of them. I've got a, a guy right now, well, earlier this year, the guys in my group know all about this because they've prayed for me about it a lot because I've struggled with it quite a bit. Uh, I've got a guy, and, I, and I'm at a place now where I've, I've let this go, and I can talk about it and really just be cool about talking about it. I've got a guy that owes, owes me a lot of money, owes our business a lot of money, a lot of money to us, you know, very substantial amount of money. And uh, he just refuses to pay. You know, and I told them, you know, one of the things that really, I think, has really, really got all over me about this, and they, they could tell you, they've heard it 10,000 times, is that the guy's a believer. He says he's a believer, and even is a part of some sort of ministry and that kind of thing. I won't get into all that. And he knows he owes me, and he just, he just refuses to pay. And, and that's hard, you know? Stuff like that, you know, and, and I, I try not to make mention of it or anything. Couple, just a couple people very close to me have known about it or whatever. And, you know, some of them have been like, okay, where does he live? Because, you know, we get a truckload of Bubba's, he'll pay. And I've had that mentality some days. Some days I've been like, you know, let's, let's do that, you know. But you know what? Here's, you know, and, and, and some of you I know have been in situations like this because you've talked to me about it. And so I, I feel your pain. I know, I know what this is like. And, and here's, here's what, and I think it's one of the guys in our group that said this to me one day. Somebody said to me one day, they said, Chris, it's okay, let it go. That guy is not who's providing for your family. And I was like, whoa. I'm an idiot, you know? Like, it's so easy. Like, we want to control. We want to, you know, we want to be the ones to determine the outcome. And we're going like, God, I'm working hard, you know, and I'm working to earn it, you know? What, what, if, what if we just worked for the glory of God? And we just saw all of it as ministry, and we just saw every, every person as an opportunity to be light to them. How would that completely change everything that we do with our work in 2019? Say, so Chris, I want to do that. How do I do it? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Let Him lead you, let Him speak into your life.
Let Him be the one that helps determine the decision-making that you do on a daily basis. And I promise you, automatically, just kind of out of it, amazing things will happen for the glory of God. God's glory gets brighter and our works will fade away. Remember that. Remember that. Remember the eclipse? Fantastic happening of 2018. Standing on my back deck. I think I did everything they said not to do that day. <laughs> They're like, don't look directly at it. I'm like, there it is, you know. Glasses, no glasses, glasses, no glasses, you know. Don't, don't video it with your cell phone. I'm pretty sure I got some video of that thing, some pictures or something, you know. Mess up your camera. Maybe that's what's wrong with the camera on my phone. Now I think about that. Huh. Yeah, I just realized that. You know, we were fascinated with the fact that the moon would travel across the sky and block the light of the sun. And the truth is, is that if we're not careful, we block the light that God has for others around us to shine through us because we're thinking about us and we're not thinking about them. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. There is a load that has taken off your life. You may, you may say, Chris, I'm... I'm carrying a weight right now. I can't imagine doing anything for anybody else. I'm here to tell you, there is a load that is taken off your life when you quit worrying about you and you start thinking about others. There is something freeing and healing that God does through using us to serve the people around us that he's put in our lives. You may say, Chris, I can't even imagine trying to serve some of these people that God's putting on my life. They're nuts. You don't know telling you, God wants to use you to be light. I read this in the Gospel Transformation Study Bible, and I, I just wanted to share it. I'm just going to read it, it's just a little, a little thing. It says, indeed, the cross of Christ, where our salvation is accomplished, is the place where we learn to imitate Christ by doing costly things for God's glory and our neighbor's good. For Christ himself did the supremely costly thing for our good, dying in our place. He put all of us before what he probably wanted in that moment. You think Christ wanted to die? <laughs> you remember him praying, right? You remember him praying and saying, Father, are we sure this is it? Are we, are we sure this is the way? I mean, I'll go, but if you got another way, I'm all ears. He went on our behalf, did what we couldn't do, took the death that we deserve, and has offered forgiveness for the things that we have done wrong to him. How amazing is that? That's what Christ has done for us. Christ has served us so well and in turn is challenging us to allow his light to shine through us that we might also quit looking for our advantage in relationships and instead just look to love, just look to serve, just look for their needs. Why? 
as Paul said, that they may be saved. That they may be saved. Isn't that what it's about? Why don't you bow your head for just a second? If you're a believer, I, I, want you to, I want you to think about some of those people that God's putting on your heart right now. You might see their faces. Whatever it is, I, I, just, I, want, I want you to take just a moment and I want you to pray for them. They might be family, might be a neighbor, might be a coworker, might be a school classmate. Maybe ask the Lord to intervene in their life. Maybe ask God to help you in seeing what it looks like to show them compassion, to have a better relationship, to reach out, to show you their needs. Maybe you're here and maybe you've never received Christ as your Savior. You've never believed. You've never trusted. I'm going to pray for you right now that maybe today is the day that you put your faith in Jesus and you quit trying to do it alone. Let's pray. God, we come as your people, Lord, asking that you would help us to be that light that you've called us to be, to minister to others, Lord, to be faithful to you. Lord, help us to take what we see as our advantage out of the equation, Lord, and be concerned with the needs of others. And Lord, use us in their lives to provide for whatever those needs might be, that they might see Christ in us, that they might at some point imitate us as we are trying to imitate you. Not because we've got it all, all together, but, God, but because, God, you, you do. You do. God, I pray for anyone that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that if they are here and they are struggling with believing, God, I pray that you would help them to believe. God, I pray that you would reach down and you would save them today. God, may they just say yes to you. May they just say, yes, Lord, to you and call you and make you their Lord and Savior. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us through your son, Jesus. We ask all this in your name. Amen.